0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Green Room Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni. Joining me once again is Colin Mitchell. Colin, um, it's UTSA hate week. Mm-hmm. Flat out. Flat, flat but out. Thank you, but thank you to all of – I know every time we post a video on UTSA, all of UTSA's fan base watches it. So thank you in advance for watching our video. Leave a, leave a like, comment. Subscribe. I'd like 300 subscribers. I said subscribe I want 300 subscribers. If you're, you're a UTSA fan, game, so. come on, man. Yeah. How are you not going to subscribe to a North Texas podcast? Mm-hmm. How are you mm-hmm. not going to do that? Just just so you can comment every time and be like y'all suck, y'all suck. Do it. Which do it. You know it might not be might might be false information. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Damn it, Colin. I was trying to have a false bravado here. Well, um, yeah, but it's hard to have a false bravado when you're 3 and 5. So. 3 and 5. Okay. Let's talk about it. North Texas, UTSA, let's cut right to it, right to the chase. 3-5 and North Texas versus a 5-3 and UTSA team. I will maintain through four games of this year, heck, through five games, you could argue, UTSA was not a very good team. Mm -hmm. Um, Lost to Houston in a game that last year or the year before they would have won. Beat Texas State by seven. Lost to Army. Army's not good this year. Uh, And lost to Tennessee in a game they were down, I think, 31-0 at halftime. Then they beat Temple 49 34. You know, Temple had Warner, so it's a little bit more excusable of giving up 34 points, but still, first five games of the year, not great. Since then, Colin, yeah, he's beaten UAB 41 20, beaten FAU 36 10, and beaten East Carolina 41 27. So the offense is rolling for for better or worse. But I, to me, it's the defense that's kind of taken a step forward here. And that's, that's my concern. What, what are your concerns when just looking at this game in the big picture? Or maybe not concerns, just thoughts. Uh, I mean, my main thought is that UCSA, like every team during the stretch of death, seems to have, well, except for SMU, I guess. SMU's offense is insane. Um, the, the last two teams that they played, it's more so that we're really worried about their defense and their run game. And the quarterbacks, yes, they're good, but they haven't really done anything crazy. And I think UTSA fits that same template. Yes, Frank Harris is good, but he's not great. Uh, I think it's 16 touchdowns to six pick, 13 touchdowns to six picks. Um, and he hasn't been super efficient this year. But again, like you said, the defense. And that's the thing that North Texas has had to overcome in the first half of a lot of these games. Although we know that they can score and come back and take advantage of that. Um, but I think it's just, again, trying to overcome the team that has a good defense and a uh i don't want to say efficient offense but a reliable offense yeah reliable um because like we saw against memphis for example hennigan didn't have to do much because they could run on the ground same with tulane the quarterback didn't have to do much because they were able to run the ball so same thing could happen with frank harris here and frank harris can run too and that was also a problem against tulane at the end of the game where you couldn't get the final stop to win that game so frank harris you know, you go back and you look at it, he missed a couple games, uh, including the Army game uh, that they lost. But you look at the past couple games, I, I, UAB, they blew him out with him only passing for 171 yards and two touchdowns. They beat FAU handily with him only going 261 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. ECU, yeah. he did play pretty well, um, 395 yards, four touchdowns, one pick. But my point is they're blowing out UAB and FE without Frank Harris playing really well. I think they're winning <laughs> yeah. field position. Like, they're winning field position. They're winning turnovers uh, for the most part. And I do think the defense is kind of giving the offense better positioning to be successful. Like, right. the, the performance against Army was abysmal, like, by UTSA. So I'm I'm interested to see how exactly it looks um, with the defense that's playing better. However. Chandler Rogers to me is the best quarterback in the American and him and like Michael Pratt um, you could throw Frank Harrison there. I don't think Frank Harris has been as good this year, but Chandler Rogers has shown that he can move the ball against Tulane against Memphis. Like he can really, right. It doesn't matter the defense really. He's going to be efficient. He's going to take what the defense gives him. He's going to make some tough throws. Like I have all the trust in Rogers here, to put up a better fight than UAB and FAU and East Carolina. Like you could, there's an argument to be made outside of Tennessee. This is the best offense UTSA's played this year. Probably like it's Probably. better than Houston. Yeah. It's better. Like FA it's better than FAUs. Honestly, Tennessee's offense isn't even that great, but you know, it's an SEC school with Milton at quarterback. It's, it's fine. But right. Like this is going to be a strength on strength type thing there. Yeah, I mean, again, it's uh, can you one one can you go up against another opponent in the stretch of death and be prepared for it? They were able to do that against Memphis, even though it didn't look like that at first. Um, so I'd like them to open up w- to be a little bit better. But UTSA is still a tough opponent. I don't want I don't want us to come up here and be like, yeah, it's going to be a game that they have a 50-50 chance of winning because I don't think that that's the case. UTSA is was still, you know, I don't What were they picked? Was it was it to win the conference? Phew, I don't remember that. Uh, I feel like it was like one and I two. And two lane. Lane. It, I think it was two. Yeah, lane. I think you're right. It was, one but it was like one lane, and yeah. two. And, you know, they were, they were up there for a reason. You know, they're favored by seven and a half for a reason. That's not to say that North Texas can't win because I think that UTSA is the, is the worst team out of this stretch of death. But I think it's still important that all of us, I know the team's going to do that, but all fans, although it's a rivalry game, needs to give UTSA the respect that it has uh, kind of built up over these last few years. Well, this, this is the thing. I, it, it's not a must-win game for North Texas, mm-hmm. but it feels like a culmination of everything that we've seen from this team throughout the season. And you go with the first two games, the lows that you hit at that point. You go with the progress that was made in the subsequent games. And then you get Memphis and Tulane and you give them a good shot and you almost win the games. This feels like the breakthrough moment. Like for this, yeah. if this team is going to do it, if this team is going to do anything special this year, as far as like make a bowl game, this is obviously the time to do it. There's no other time. If you lose this game, I hate to admit it, but SMU is really, really good this year. Like they're North Texas is probably not beating SMU. Um. So there's pressure. Yeah, And I think there are some expectations that UTSA looks vulnerable. North Texas is showing that they're improving. They're hanging in there with good teams. That's the step, like we said on, on the reaction podcast. It was the next step forward was to just start competing with these teams because mm-hmm. under Seth Luttrell, they weren't competing with these teams consistently. You know, maybe right. you're, get a random win here, random win there. But overall against trail, it's mostly 2017, get your doors blown off by FAU. You know, it's last right. year, when your doors blown off. In the conference championship game, um, you back-to-back weeks put together solid performances to where you're competitive, but now it's can you take that next step forward just to get one of the four wins? Can yeah. Here's what I I want them to come out and play like they can play in the second half of games, um, because I don't I don't want this to be situation where, U, where UTSA comes to North Texas and then it's like okay they're down. 17 points at the end of the half. And it's like, oh, I guess we're just gonna have to come back again. I want North Texas to be in control of a game or at least be trading punches with a team in the first half. And then if they're going to lose this game, I want them to have UTSA take it from them. I don't want North Texas to lose this game. Like, I don't want it to be a situation where you let a touchdown be scored in the last 47 seconds. Or if you don't get a quarterback and let them scramble into the end zone like they did against Tulane, I want it to be, UTSA has to pull off some crazy thing if they want to win this game, because uh, again, I think UTSA is is definitely below a tier below Memphis and Tulane, but they are still a good team, and, and and North Texas needs to needs to be at the top of their A game to beat them. Frank Harris is averaging his lowest yards per attempt since 2020, seven point eight, um, lowest completion percentage since 2020 um obviously you lose Car franklin and decorian clark has not played this year i think he's uh, had a knee injury over the summer i don't know his status but um basically you're only rec- you're only relying on uh, joshua cephas uh, who has been fantastic for them like if you look at his stats 56 yeah. catches 681 seven touchdowns but um this isn't the three-headed monster that you played last year um, you know, sincere McCormick's not on this team to go back to a couple years ago. And this is a Frank Harris that doesn't look as sharp, I think, as he did the past two years. So, in theory, like you said, you don't want to give up, you shouldn't be giving up 24 or 28 points in the first half to yeah. this PSA team. You should be able to keep it within reach to where it's 17 to 10, 14 to 10, you know, something like that, 17, 14, somewhere in that realm to where you're not having to pull off this massive comeback and yeah. everything go right. Um, So, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know how I feel exactly, but this definitely feels like the pinnacle moment for this team. It's like, all right, let's see what you're made of because through the ups and downs, this is where we're really going to know, can this team make a bowl game? Can this team, uh, you know, upset UTSA and get one of those wins that we talked about coming into the year? But I don't know. I don't know if I'm confident, but I definitely feel better. I feel like they'll cover the seven and a half point spread at the very least. They covered against Memphis. They covered against. I mean, they covered that against Tulane. I don't remember. I don't. I don't remember Tulane's. I just remember Memphis's. Sorry, <laughs> you don't remember the final score against Tulane. No, it was, it was pain. Don't. I just know it was last second. I guess don't it would. It would have been more than a touchdown. So just, just think about it. Don't think about it. Uh, we don't lost by seven. Okay. Anything else? Pick them. Yeah, pick them. Okay, man. Um, it's gonna be crazy when you go bald. To update it, we are now tied at nineteen to nineteen. Um, let me, Colin had a four in one week. Yeah, that's a big week. Big week by the kid. All right, uh, Pickham, do you want to go first? I <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you the ball just because I feel like you might need it for this week. I, Bruni Bruni under pressure right now might just falter the rest of the way through. <laughs> I mean, what is this? If 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 you don't if we don't make something happen, you go bald in just a, like a month. A month and a week. Well, we have to see when we can organize the scheduling. You know, I mean, scheduling is next month. We we'll see. You know, the scheduling is challenging, um, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Okay. I said a really bad line. I said a couple of really bad lines last week. Awful lines. Moir Macklin, nineteen and a half yards per that second. That was crazy. That one was a crazy. That was not good. So let's let's do something conservative here. Let's let's do something mm. safe. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll do this. North Texas first half points. Mm-hmm. Better pick this line like your life depends on it, Bruni. This is challenging. 13 and a half. 13 and a half. Uh, I am going to take the over. Okay. I'm not mad at that. If I would have set 14 and a half, would you have gone? Over I would have gone over. So, I think they're going to score 17. Sheesh. Have fun with that. Okay. Um, First of all, I don't know. So I it's a one game, Glenn. It's I a tie one game. I one last week. I don't uh, know yeah, what you were up. You were you were, you had the blowout. You had just close it out. There was a whole half of the season left, Con. There was no sitting on the ball here. We got to play. <laughs> We gotta play. We gotta play football. Okay. UTSA. Let me look up something real quick. Mm-hmm. What kind of weird stat you well, you threw out third no, down? I'm not gonna do I'm not gonna do anything random. Just okay. UTSA. Mm-hmm. Yards per rush. Okay. So yards per carry, I guess you wanna say. Um This is a still North Texas defense that ranks last in the country in rushing. And this is as a team. So this also includes sacks. Um, This is just the overall yards per carry. Okay. I got it. 5.3. 5.3. Didn't you give me 5.1 against somebody and it was the under or the over? I think it was the over. Um, I'm going to go under because they haven't averaged over five with the last four games. Well, they also haven't played North Texas. <laughs> they also haven't played North Texas, but Tulane got 5.0, actually. That's the one I won, wasn't it? One of them. I'm going to go the under on no, that, though. I'm pretty sure. I don't remember. Regardless. Okay. 5.3. So says under. What do you got? Um. Let's see here. So I got two locked in. What can we use to raise the old um? Let's do uh let's do over under on Frank Harris passing yards. He is averaging nothing. Jesus. What is he averaging like two 167.8? That's not true. Oh, that's rating. I'm sorry. That's not true. That's so stupid to have rating next to okay. <laughs> that's so dumb. Um, I mean it might be close to that. Uh sixteen hundred divided by six, Colin. Quick math. That's two sixty. Two sixty. Something like that. Sixteen hundred divided by six. That true? Two sixty six. Dang. All right. Um I'm good at math for those who don't know. You saw that? This is (laughs) you saw that? (laughs) (laughs) Quick, Bruni, forty-two divided by like seven point five. I'm just gonna Calculated twenty two divided by seven. I was like, Colin, oh, what is this? No, that's okay. six, right? So, how many passing yards for Frank Harris if he's this averaging two sixty? This is tough, Bruni, because I didn't think it was going to be two sixty. So do I thought it, it was going to be easier. Do it. I'm going to go with do it rivalry game Frank wow. Harris. Yeah, uh-huh. I got to Bruni. My life depends on this. Okay, I, I don't want you to rush me here. No, okay? I'm not rushing you. This is ridiculous. I'm not rushing you. All right, I'm not, I'm not rushing you. Take your time. Just hurry up. He had 395 in his eastern Carolina? That's crazy. Yeah. Over under 243 and a half. <laughs> 243 and a half? Mm-hmm. You serious? Dead serious. You sure you don't want to change that? Yeah. Come on, I'll give you one chance. Go ahead. No. No, go ahead, change it. I don't want to change it. 243 and a half. Um know you you're giving me all this crap and you can't even pick quickly that's crazy 243 and a half 243 and a half Brini. that is the number 395 last game 261 against FAU you said 243 and a half yeah uh, I'll take the over okay I wanted you to take the over clearly <laughs> clearly okay. my plan is going great all setting up for another five I want I want five and0 this week Uh, okay, (laughs) let's go. Yeah, five minutes. All right, um, what's your other one? one? North Texas, do a positive. uh, It is a positive one. Uh, how would you like forced turnover? Like yeah, UTSA turnovers, yeah, forced turnovers over under one and a half. Shoot. Let me think for a second. Jeesh. One and a half doesn't force a turnover in forever. That's why it's hard for me to go higher than that. Do I think that they forced two turnovers? Frank Harris hasn't been great, but two turnovers. How many turnovers has North Texas forced? That's that's they forced well, actually, to be fair, eight interceptions. How many of them were against Temple though? Three. Three against the backup quarterback of Temple. They have forced one fumble. Four. Four fumble recoveries. Oh, I don't have the... Sorry, I was sorting by... Four fumble recoveries oh, and eight sorry. interceptions. So that's 12 in eight games. Statistically yes. speaking, I will take yes. under. Okay. Good. I wanted the over on that. Frank Harris is about to have the worst game of his entire life, and I'm going to go 4-0. And then we're going to ultimately predict a North Texas win 38-27. to 27. Whew. Yeah. Whew. Okay. Yeah, this is about to be. Uh, see, I don't know if you're. I don't know if I. I feel like you don't know how to feel. You either feel like I'm. It's. It's like I'm too confident, and I'm gonna like make sure I uh, call the divine people to I'm, to bring forth the UTSA loss. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna keep it a little closer, a little bit more respectable. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna say North Texas respectable. This is UTSA, Bruni. I'm gonna say North Texas. I can't see the defense getting that many stops. Well, they're not getting stops. They're getting bad Frank Harris throws, which is going to ah. keep them under 243 and a half yards and get me over Look, the two, the two one and a half turnovers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sheesh, this is hard. I'm going to um, be jumping up and down during this game. 37-35, North Texas. 37-35. Yeah. There you go. All right. All right, um, let's wrap this up. Um, Dang. For- Dang. U- UTSA is going to have a really great game on paper, but lose. Over five and a half, f- 5.3 rushing yards. <laughs> they're going to run the ball. They're going to throw the ball. They're going to have success. They're going to get 35 points, but it's not going to be enough. Okay. It's not going to be enough. It is kind of crazy. I did pick everything kind of against North <laughs> Texas. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> like under 13 in half first half. ETSA is going to run all over them, pass all that over means, them. That means they have to score. And they're not forcing turnovers. They have to score 24 points in the second half, just like they have these last two games to, to get up. to your – Yeah. Okay. Okay. We got it. We're covering all our bases here, Colin. All right. North Texas is going to win, and it's not going to be pretty. Okay. That's it. I like these aggressive lines. Very aggressive. Welcome. All right. Uh, that's all we have for you all today. Hope you all enjoyed um, this this section of the podcast, and then we're going to talk to Ross Hodge for the audio listeners. It'll just flow seamlessly in, but for on YouTube, check it out. Um, it'll be a separate link, so check it out on our page as well. Uh, we'll be back after the game. Um, what time's the game? Saturday, man, you're gonna be down five points after this. And Actually, I can coast it'll probably more. be on Sunday. We do the game, okay? okay. The game is at 2 p.m. I'll be driving to Tuscaloosa. So, oh, yeah, big man. Big man. Big yeah, man. it's to be crazy. Me driving just Tuskalouska crying that you just lost five points. Shaving my head as we go. Just yeah. like, like in the movies and the, the it, Yeah, just seeing what it looks like. You're gonna be in the you're gonna be in the mirror at lights, just like <laughs> I don't oh, think I'm bad. I'm either gonna be the happiest man in the world on Saturday or the saddest. I love our stakes. I love the stakes we put on this thing. It's amazing. Okay, uh, thank y'all for joining us. We will talk to y'all later. Subscribe, like, comment, all that stuff. Shout out to UTSA people watching the pod too. Yeah, give me a subscribe I want 300, please. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. And now joining us, the head coach of North Texas men's basketball, Ross Hodge. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome, man. Anytime
1: I get to hang out and talk to you guys for a little bit, it's a heck of a day.
0: Man, I know. I know. We're, we're the best. We're the best, right? <laughs> we're the best. Ah oh, man, I, I was telling, I was talking. Uh, we were talking on the UTSA pod about how much Colin's grown up over the past yeah, yeah. over the, the past, past six years, and now he's got a house, engaged, mm-hmm. all, everything's going for him. So, you know, on the up and up. Now and look at you, you're now you're on the podcast as a head coach. Um, we don't we don't have to call you know call each other at night after the game and be like, damn, you know, just talk off the record. Now we can. <laughs> I can get you on a podcast. Stuff. I can get you on a podcast. Um, all right, we won't keep you too long, um, but we do have some interesting questions. And now, I'm glad we're doing this this late in the in the um, right before the year starts off, so that we can really get into the nitty gritty with you. Um, obviously, I hosted exhibition game. That's yeah. the first thing. Hosted that, and obviously hosted um, you know Tech and A, and then we're also able to play right after y'all. Um, what was the value of that how cool was it um just to be able to host that event uh for your team for you know fan base and for everybody there yeah man um i said it time and time again
1: kind of in the lead up and even after the game just how thankful we were to be a part of it and there's nothing like putting on the uniforms and playing a game in front of people and um so to be able to kind of get that experience for myself, for our team, for everybody associated with the program uh, against a really good opponent and also part of, like you said, something that's just like, it's cool to be a part of, you know, doubleheader in the pit, the, the you know, just how the universe aligned um, for the whole whole deal. You kind of had like, you know, even though it was an exhibition game, we'll call it a game, you know, my, my first game, was against Chris Mudge, which was his mm-hmm. first game as a head coach and But he was one of my former assistants at Midland, mm-hmm. and he was an assistant for Grant for one year. He was an assistant for me for one year. For so for us to kind of play against each other, then obviously you had, you know, Mac and his first game, um, in a Texas Tech uniform back in Denton. It was like just it was all kind of cool and weird and you know, at the same time. But, yeah, man, it was just – it's an invaluable experience to to get all that um, experience out of the way, man, with just, like I said, putting uniforms on, people in the stands, parents in the stands, uh, legit foul trouble. I think I've told you guys this story before. We We scrimmaged Mississippi State in a closed-door scrimmage last year and kind of tipped them in at the buzzer. Maybe it counted, maybe it didn't. But whatever you you walk away from it feeling really good, and you pick up the stat sheet, and Abu had ten fouls. <laughs> so in a real game, yeah. that probably impacts yeah what happens a little more, which you don't necessarily worry about as much in the closed door scrimmages. But like on Saturday, having a na- or Sunday, having to navigate A. Scott getting in a little bit of foul trouble, picking up his third on the first play of the second half, like it it's I was just really thankful to be a part of it, man.
0: You already mentioned that Sam Houston State's obviously a really good team. Uh, I th- believe you' all played in the NIT last year too. What were some of the main takeaways? Uh, one opening up with a game like this because in the past it hasn't really been the case and then, and then seeing uh, you know everyone kind of kind of get back and playing?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, like I said, played against them in the NIT. Um, kind of another little known fact, unknown fact that I've shared with a few people is we, we actually played Sam Houston on the same date a year ago it was just in a closed door scrimmage mm-hmm. and they whipped our tail in denton i mean mm-hmm. they whipped us bad um so our players did respect them even though we you know we kind of returned the favor in the nit reuben a scott mulai stone like they knew like hey man we have a lot of respect for this program and um so yeah you know it was just it was a good a, a great Test against a real you know a real team you know that's kind of like can be right in the thick of the conference usa race
0: and um like i said just great experience great experience did it i mean did it catch you off guard at all how like i mean obviously you go into this game preparing as if it's a real game but i mean you mentioned the foul trouble but every aspect of it playing in a tight game against sam houston did it catch you off uh off guard at all, be like, oh, this is this is a real, real like it feels like a real game, even though it doesn't count. And a lot of teams are start are playing these exhibition games where Purdue, Arkansas, where this is down to the wire, they're fighting yeah. tooth and nail.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, you, you get to learn so much about your team, you know, and that's that's cause no matter how much you prepare and practice, no matter how much you try to have forward thought process of thinking of every situation, thinking of every scenario, thinking of every lineup combination it's inevitable. We played some lineup combinations in that game on Sunday that I don't even know if we practiced with, mm-hmm. you know, and you just, that's what happens when you get in games and you can try to prepare as much as you want, but there is a little bit of an unknown early in the season, you know, like you don't know necessarily what to expect on your end either. You know, you you think you do, but like I said, games are different, you know, and it's a learning process. And even when you have a really, really solid foundation of returners, they're still in new roles as well. Everybody's in a new role. They're in new roles. I'm in new roles. We know what it takes. We know what the end looks like, but we're still all having to learn how to do it together.
0: Y'all hold them to um, 37% shooting overall, um, you know, shoot the ball pretty well. Um, oh, I, mean, I was looking at the wrong number here. Never mind. I went five of 21 from three there. We, we'll work on that. <laughs> they did.
1: Oh, we shot the ball. We shot the ball well from three to not shoot. The that's ball right. Ball yeah. Two.
0: No, yeah. I did get a flip. Yeah. No, y'all shot nine and twenty-four from three. It's a good number. Um, but anyways, I'm trying to ask what what's the point of, you know, focus for you moving forward as far as where you want to continue to see the area of growth uh just with this team move forward?
1: You know, it's just continuing to, to play together and get out there and, and play together, play against different types of defenses. You know, that's Coach Max talked about a lot of this in the past, and now I understand more than ever. Like, it's not really, we do have a unique defense. We have a unique defense to play against our style, forcing it no middle, the angles that we force. And so to play against ourselves every day, it can put your offense behind to start seasons because it's an unnatural defense. So now you're getting maybe some more natural looks ball screen coverages to the middle. They let you drive middle, but you don't do it because you're just so conditioned to not do it. Yeah. Mm. So just continuing to evolve in that area a little bit. We need to finish better around the basket. I felt like we had some opportunities to – and and our guys know that. And But you got to give Sam Houston credit as well. They're a good defensive team, and they do a good job. They collapse really hard. They make you kick the ball out, and then they close out on you. They don't give you a lot of stuff around the rim. And they and they had good physicality. Um, they're big, you know, they're 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 a big team. So you got to give credit there, but just we've got to finish a little bit better, continue to share the ball, continue to move the ball. Um defensively, you're always just it's all like just the little repetitive things. The guy I used to work for before Grant Larry Eustace, he would say, like, coaching is repeating yourself in a lot of in a lot of ways it is. You say the same things every day. You just try to figure out new ways to say them, but you're saying the same things. Close out, high hands, call ball. Who's got the <laughs> rim? It's like over and over and over again.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Jason Edwards, uh, 16 points off the bench. Um, I believe also the most field goal attempts. He yeah, had 14. Is that gonna get kind of be his role going for um, the rest of the season? Obviously, Tyler Perry had that two years ago. Whenever yeah. he was kind of that spark plug off the bench, is that kind of what you foresee him doing this year?
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if we'll be like completely just locked in on a, on a lineup. Um, mm-hmm. I can tell you he's played really well in both our closed door scrimmage against Oral Roberts. Um, I think he was our leading scorer in that one as well. I think maybe he had 22 off the bench in that one. Dang. And then, um, you know, so sometimes, you know, messing with the lineup can impact it the other way. If a guy's like, it was kind of like TP's first year. It's like, well, and you guys know how we, we sub so quick. Yeah. I mean, it's like, to me, we have seven or eight starters, honestly. I mean, we're going to sub. If, even if they don't start, get their name called. I mean, Rob Allen, Stone. I mean, those guys are going to be in the game so quick. Like,
0: I mean, the under-16 timeouts usually.
1: Yeah, first dead ball. Yeah. Really. As long as it's not like the first play. I mean, under 18 minutes, if we get a dead ball, we're usually subbing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Jay's done a good job. He's still learning, like, like all, like how to be a little more efficient. Um, but man, you do not have to he's one of those guys. You don't have to speed him up. You know, you don't have to tell him to get his mo his motor runs and you know, he's he's really fast. He knows how to get shots. Um, he's just gotta learn how to be a little more efficient, but it's that fine line with players like that. Um, but to his credit, man, he's been a great teammate and he's really responded well to coaching. The
0: three um D1 transfers that that played uh, for y'all, uh, John Bugs, C.J. Nolan, Robert Allen, all of them. Um, I was not at the game. I it wasn't streamed, so I didn't see them. Mm-hmm. But uh, based on the highlights, based on this, the box score, it looked like um, they lived up to kind of what you were expecting. Uh, just what was your take on on those three and how they looked?
1: Yeah, same way, man. I, I thought uh, thought they all played well. Thought they really played hard um thought they tried to do what we were asking them to do all had really good contributions you know I think um Rob maybe had like eight points nine rebounds or nine points nine went, went somewhere around there you know uh bugs kind of gave us the separation initially in the second half you know just snapped a couple threes off and you know CJ did a good job with his physicality and um but the coolest thing about all those guys, honestly, is just how open they've been to how we do things and buying an in. And they've been unbelievable teammates. They want to win. Um, and they they've they've had there's been like zero resistance from any of those guys the moment they've stepped on campus, man. They've just like bought in, um, and they're they're really fun people to be around.
0: Yeah, we interviewed Bugs and that dude's hilarious. Yeah, he's <laughs> Dude, your best. Um, uh Bugs also brought up. Speaking of bugs, brought up Aaron Scott a lot. Uh, during, whenever we interviewed him uh, two weeks ago or three weeks ago, um, I guess what is what was what have you seen uh, from Aaron in terms of his growth? Because Bugs was talking like he's looking like an NBA player. So I, I wanted to hear that from the from the coach the man himself. So
1: yeah, um, you know I think I think. The biggest thing with A. Scott, again, is just his maturation as a leader mm-hmm. as much as a player. Because really what you're trying to do with guys like A. Scott when they make that next jump, it's just how do you continue to be extremely consistent with your daily habits that will allow you to be consistent on the floor? And that's where he's made the biggest jump. And I think what Bugs has seen is the, the tail end of that. You know, that's what mm-hmm. he's seen – kind of what's showing up but to me it's like all the other little things seeing him as a freshman seeing him as a sophomore seeing him how he conducts himself and I'm not just talking about makes or misses but just how he's conducting himself um he's been a great leader um and he's still learning you know he's he's learning how to be in a primary scorer role you know and and there will be ebbs and flows with that and there will be some you know it's it's a different environment but he's he's embraced it not a different environment it's a different role for him same environment different role but he's embraced it and he's been really open to learning you know and now it's just kind of like how do you balance out how do you be really aggressive you know but still make simple plays how do you get more shots but not take difficult shots how do you be aggressive but don't put yourself in bad situations so that's what he's learning but it's been his commitment to his body commitment to the weight room, commitment to getting treatment. That's kind of like what I see is the biggest jump he's made this year.
0: Yeah. Um, I did want to ask you about Rondell Walker. Um, obviously, two-time waiver uh, request. Um, I mean, every school in the country seemingly has at least one player. And uh, just wanted to ask to see if there was any update on him uh, going through. Um,
1: no update. Um, waiver has been submitted. So it's just kind of all in the hands of the uh, NCAA at this point, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. We're five, five days away from, yeah. from the game and uh, nobody, again, I'm over here at LSU and the starting point guard doesn't know if they're playing or not. So um, yeah, everybody's going through it. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Colin, you got something else? Uh, yeah. Uh, I was going to ask about the schedule, but I did want to ask about Ruben real quick Um just because he played so much in the um expedition game. And I I know you again, like Bruni said, we didn't get a chance to watch the game. Um, but he did lead the team with four assists. With this new offense that you're that you're doing this year, how has how has he kind of stepped into that? Obviously, him being a more free player um and not being able to express that uh just because of how the offense was the last few years, has he kind of stepped into that and embraced that? Yeah, you know, and
1: and again, I don't I mean, if you watched the game, I wouldn't think you'd watch I, If if you would have got to see it, I don't think you would have watched it and been like wow, this, this, this looks yeah. completely different, you know? Right. Um, just a like I said, a little more pace, a little more tempo, but he's another one, man. Like he's just, he's so comfortable with kind of who he is at this point. And he's so bought into just trying to help this team win. Mm-hmm. And that's, and it's another one. It's just been awesome to see him grow, see him, like even a day at practice, like Simo made a defensive mistake and, you know, we're still coaching and Ruben has Simo over at the, you know, because how we can watch film during practice. He has him over there and he's showing him, you know what I mean? Like yeah. while we're coaching the team. He's over there. So just his his, his leadership, his everyday approach, how he's with the young guys, how he is in the locker room, you know, and and seeing that comfort. And I thought he played a great game, you know, Um on Sunday, I think it was like 13 points, four or five rebounds, four assists, yeah. got to the foul line a few times, made those one or two from three. It's like played really good defense. Yeah. We ended up in the second half, we ended up because of A. Scott's foul trouble, we had to downsize a little bit and we ended up putting Ruben on uh, Hefner. Mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. their, their best player, the four man that they had coming back. It was a good player. And so I, I feel his presence. When he's not on the floor, I don't feel yeah. as comfortable. Yeah, when he's not on the floor, so that speaks a lot of volumes about how he's grown and just the responsibility of like having the ball in his hands a lot more, which right. he's had to learn. It's been up and down in practice, you know, and he's kind of like it's one thing. It's one thing to think for yourself; it's a whole nother thing to think for four other people. Yeah, yeah. that's what he's learned. But it's been awesome, man. It's been great to see.
0: Yeah, I mean it's Sam, Sam Houston State last year. For those who don't know, was finished twenty first in the country in defense on Ken Palm. Yeah, um, seventy third overall in the country on Ken Palm as a yeah as a damn good team. It's a good I defense that, team. That sure. added Barnes from Texas Southern. Um, yeah. obviously returns. I mean, you know, I do that Dave Campbell's basketball podcast. So, yeah, love Sam Houston State last year.
1: Yeah, they was good, man. Do a great, and, and Coach Mudge does a great job, man. It's a great job.
0: Uh, moving on to the schedule northern iowa to open in six days um obviously a really good mid-major and then going down the list of of non-conference opponents you got the charleston classic open up with st john's we'll be there we'll be there coach we will be there there. nice um you got boise state mississippi state uh really really good teams to open up and obviously if you if you beat st john's and you're gonna place even more really good teams in the yeah. non-conference one you're,
1: play, you're gonna play you're playing really good teams either way yeah win yeah. or lose yeah win or lose.
0: you're playing good teams all three nights yeah um i guess one like is that something you wanted obviously in the past not really having that chance and then two how important is that one being the american and playing like a lot more consistently tough opponents yeah you
1: fair. know that's one thing we've i mean we've I feel like we've trended towards that, you know, mm-hmm. most of the last few years, really, since, really in the since twenty twenty. I mean, you go back looking at that first championship year. I mean, we opened up at VCU, then it was Arkansas, yeah. then it was
0: that was a hard home against Eastern
1: Michigan, which didn't was a y'all tough start loss. three and five that year. It went out, yeah, three absolutely and three and five, yeah. six and eight going in the league, man.
0: Yeah.
1: So, um it's what your players want to be honest too. They want to play good teams. Yeah, Um, this is by far. And it's not even close. This is by far the toughest opponent we've ever opened up with to start. Yeah. yeah. As a matter of fact, it's the first time it's ever even been a division one team that we've opened up with, let alone a team that's you know picked to win the Missouri Valley that has their whole team back, you know. So I don't know if that's smart or (laughs) dumb or whatever, but it's they're coming here on Tuesday and um you know but hey it is honestly like we've gotten to the point um our guys want to play against a good competition our fan base wants to see us play good competition and they just but everyone kind of has to realize like hey man you're playing really good teams early in the year you know like they they can go either way when you're playing good teams you know and you can't be um that's the ying and the yang, like you said arkansas and purdue play each other in an exhibition One of those teams has to win and one of those teams has to lose. Now, you may feel a lot better if you were playing in NAIA school and you beat them by 50, but you're not going to be a better team. And that was the thing about Sunday. I knew when we woke up Monday morning playing Sam Houston in that charity exhibition game, I knew Monday morning we were going to wake up and we were going to be a better basketball team regardless of the outcome. And it will be the same thing on Wednesday after playing Northern Iowa. We will be better on Wednesday morning than – uh we were Tuesday and you can't even say you can't always say that even if you play somebody and beat them by 35 you may be worse the next day yeah even though you beat a team really bad you develop bad habits but um we're excited about the schedule um ask me about it again after we went through it I may be you know <laughs> second guessing some areas but no it'll 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 be fun it's it's what we all want man you want to you want to play against good teams and good players and really good coaches. And uh we're excited for it.
0: Was it, was it hard to put it together or did it kind of come together seamlessly? No.
1: The schedule? Yeah. No, schedule's impossible to put together. <laughs> yeah. That's how you end up playing Northern Iowa on your home opener. <laughs> and it was announced <laughs> like three weeks ago. <laughs> so I don't know. Y'all I mean, y'all it's, it's, to it's, it's uh, yeah, it's very difficult to schedule, man. It's, it's been, it's been really hard for us. Um, I'm hoping that – I'm hoping that our league will eventually kind of get into one of those challenges where you at least pick up a couple other games like that, maybe go to 20 games, which was – which is what it was at Conference USA because it's just really hard to get to get games nowadays, man. Really hard.
0: I'm trying to think. American versus West Coast Conference.
1: I think you do that or, like, uh, you know, you got the A-10. I mean, you got some yeah. really good teams in the A-10 and, you hmm. know, so who knows? i I just. Uh, yeah. It was. It was very difficult uh, to finish up, and it. And it has been through the last few years, but that's part of, kind of part of it, man.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm excited. Kim, Mul- Kim Mulkey says the two hardest things as a coach is recruiting and scheduling. Yep. So there you go. True. All right. Um. Last thing I had was about the assistant coaches because obviously it's you know it's a new group. Uh. Mm-hmm. Coach Forte, Coach Estelle, and then uh, Dre. Coach Rayshaw um, getting uh, promoted up there. What what have they brought that's unique? Um, obviously, because y'all, I don't. I mean, y'all y'all have gone through. You know, y- you've been through other assistant coaches before, but um, now with you at the helm, having those three, just what did they bring to the table? Well,
1: yeah, I mean, and um, you know, you start with with uh, you know Coach Estelle. I mean, he's been a Division two head coach the last nine years, he was a junior college head coach before that. I've known him for 20 years. Um, just incredible person, incredible man, incredible husband, father, um, and he's been invaluable. I've, I've known him for so long and, and really is like his, can't put into words to what he's been able to do for our program and, and him. And and again, he's he's what we like around here, okay? Navarro Junior College had never went to Hutch until he got the job, and they went three out of five years. He took over a very difficult job down there at Kingsville. At one point, time only had three scholar, three full scholarships, Dang. the equivalents of that he could divide, and he went to three NCAA tournaments um, down there. So he's he's a winner. Um, same thing with 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 Coach Forte. He's won his whole life. He's kind of defied all expectations of what people try to say you should be able to do or what you shouldn't be able to do. If you look at what he was able to get out of his God-given ability as a player, um, starting in the big 12, winning state championships, being on NCAA tournament teams. And he's carried that same mindset into coaching, man. Just, he works really hard. He's got a great feel. Um, Jace Hurl, you know, who was the associate head coach at Missouri state. He's another one started a junior college program from scratch at Northwest Kansas tech you know, one twenty games. Um and you guys know you know how how uh awesome coach Coach Shaw is, man. And his he's invaluable. What he's done with the TBT is kind of just giving a glimpse to the outside world of yeah, like yeah. how good he really is. And then Mike Randall was 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 another one, you know, that um he's a young guy. He's a rising, he'll he he will not be here long. You know, he's a star. Um he'll be he'll be really really great um, in this business great relationships with players all in and the best part about all those guys is man is they care about players and they're really excited to be here and um, they're a selfless group and no big egos it's not like oh he does this I do like we do it all together and I look forward to everybody just getting a chance to know those guys a little bit more uh, throughout the next couple of years
0: yeah. The best part of that was when you said Hutch, Um, you've all been through so many Juco players that I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Context.
0: You got some context. Um, But yeah. All right. That's all we have for you, uh, coach. Um, Thanks for coming on. Thanks for joining us. Um, Best of luck this year. As you know, we'll, we'll be watching, we'll be talking, you know, tell us not to overreact, but, Good, if i ever right. got to
1: send you any late night text messages talking you off a ledge man some <laughs> things never me. change dude same things never change <laughs> yeah i'm gonna be on the podcast with
0: colin and i'm going to be like hold on colin you yeah, <laughs> got a special yeah. call in yeah um but yeah coach uh thanks uh best of luck this year uh, we look forward to it all right man thank y'all